Hello, and welcome to Nosy. I'm Tal. I'm Piper. Nosy is a podcast where we get to ask anyone and everyone about their personal history, opinions, and aspirations. And then they give us their honest answers. Hey, my name is Katie Clark. Hey, my name is Sean. Do you want me to say, like, my name is Sean, I work at IDEO? Hi, my name is Sina Masayab. I am Megan McAfee. Yay! Uh, my name is Will Getter. Hello, audience. <laughs> Who's losing this? Oh my gosh, uh, it's Scott Weiss. Scott Benjamin Weiss. Today's topic is... Grandparents! On my mom's side, I only knew my mom's mom, Rochelle. She's very feisty. She was a professor of biopsychology, and she specialized in love and lust. So she would try to explain how the brain and the chemicals and everything between men and women are different. She lived only five minutes away from us, so I spent a lot of time with her. And we'd look at bumblebees under microscopes, and she was very concerned with good nutrition and feeding me eggs and sweet potatoes. And she's also a very big worrier, so she's always worried about our safety and, you know, making smart choices. And really very frugal, but very wonderful smart funny woman and she's still around and she's beautiful and she still dyes her hair black and she would take me to buy ballet lessons as a child and people would think she was my mother because she was only 20 years older than my mom so that's mama we call her mama and then my dad's side my grandpa harvey passed away a few years ago it was grandpa harvey and grandma mimi and mimi is actually my dad's stepmother they my grandpa and my grandma got married before i was even born so it was always like she was my grandma so I never got to meet Thelma, who um, my dad's mom that I was named after, but she seemed really, really sweet. So my dad's dad, Harvey, he owned a laundromat and he was just really feisty and very generous. And so he would always try to start fights, but in the like a positive, jovial way at the dinner table, very argumentative, but always laughing and very so generous. So my childhood with them was the antithesis of my childhood with the other grandma, Rochelle. So she was very science and art, and um, they were all about like going to the Disney store and going shopping at the mall and giving me candy and French toast with syrup. And yeah, Grandma Mimi had very dyed bright red hair, and she would wear all black, lots of diamonds or cheetah. She had this amazing in their their house in Long Island. She had this whole beauty room with the big beauty lights, you know, the the big bright ones like behind the stage on a Broadway show. And the wallpaper was like cheetah print or something. It was amazing. And she would go to the hair salon and I could get my nails done. It was just really, again, the opposite of my other grandma, but so wonderful to have both experiences. So as a special treat, I was actually able to record my grandmother, Rochelle, here we go. Are you gonna you interviewing me? I'm Rochelle Sulfan. I am the grandmother, happily, of this marvelous nymph called Talia. <laughs> Talia Ledner Cobrin. No, no Cobrin. No Cobrin. <laughs> okay. All I know about my grandparents, uh, the only one I actually ever met was my father's father. He was gruff, and my father didn't like him. Uh, and he was a builder. But the one that I'm very interested in is my mother's mother, who was an entrepreneur in Europe and a baker. Once uh, in Europe, they were going to raise the price of flour for, mm -hmm. and she made rolls. Yeah. She was a baker and 
um, like a bed and breakfast kind of thing mm-hmm. that people would come through and stay there. And she was very happy they were raising the price of flour. Why? So that she could raise the price of rolls. Oh. So she was a capitalist. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question she was a capitalist, which just brings a smile to my face. <laughs> and uh, I think that's where I get it from. I would actually say that my next door neighbor growing up, um, next door neighbors, Gagu and Daddy Ron, were more like grandparents to me than either of my grandmothers were. <laughs> Can you tell us about your neighbor? Yeah, they were amazing. So Gagu was like, I don't know if you guys all went through this phase where you cut your own hair when you were a kid, but um, I just massacred my bangs at one point, and I took our Himalayan cat with me on this journey of haircutting because I thought her hair was too long. I don't know if you have a Himalayan cat or have had one, but they have excessively long hair. And I walked downstairs, and I'm the youngest of six children, and all of my siblings were dying laughing at me. And we, I grew up in Central Florida, and we just coincidentally had a trip to Disney World like the day after. So there are all these pictures of me with like stuff, the magic, or whatever the dragon that was at like Captain EO land, whatever. Um, there's like all these just ridiculous pictures of my hair. I ran next door crying to Gagu, and she told me I looked beautiful. And then we all sat down and had a snack together. And we always had one of two snacks, which now that I think about it, I'm like, this is horrible. Um, It was either a marshmallow that she would stick in the microwave for about 30 seconds. It would get really big. (laughs) And I was like, I love Gaga. She's amazing. I could never have a marshmallow at my house. Or it was um, she and Daddy Ron would sit down and split a Coors Light. And they would give me... Uh, like either water or like a Coca-Cola and, and these glasses that we had called drunk glasses. And, and they just used them just for the kids. They like leaned left or right, depending on where you sat them. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, and then we'd have goldfish crackers and some cheese. I don't know why. We just loved it. Um, but I, I probably went over to Gagu and Daddy Ron's house like four times a week. And he used to work for, Daddy Ron used to work for, um, Wurlitzer Music, and they, you know, made jukeboxes and distributed jukeboxes. And every, they also did video, or arcade games at the time. And so every Christmas, they would open up their garage and put, you know, like eight different pinball machines or arcade games in there and set them on free. And then anyone in the neighborhood could come over and play with them. And I just always felt like so protective of Gagu and Daddy Ron because no one else would visit and hang out with them for the rest of the year except at Christmas time, right? So I felt very much like, no, 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 like you are definitely not allowed to be here for more than 30 minutes. We kind of would regulate, you know, from my standpoint and my brothers, I guess, my brother that I was closest with. But yeah, I was actually really upset when um, Gagu and Daddy Ron kind of passed within, it was one of those very sad things where he passed and then she passed almost right after. It was like, you could just tell her heart had broken. Um, and I think the saddest thing for me after that, it was that her family never asked if we wanted the drunk glasses, you know? <laughs> I mean, beyond being extremely sad about the fact that they had passed. But I thought, you know, like that was a really special thing and I would love to still have those around to remind me of Gagu and Daddy Ron. So whenever I see any kind of like artsy glass like that, I think of them. Or marshmallows. <laughs> uh, my grandfather was from Brooklyn, and he spent most of his life trying to get out of Brooklyn and moving to suburban New Jersey. So I think, like growing up, 
I was always like, why the hell did he leave New York? He must have been such a lame guy. And then like I found out more about him, and it turned out he had all these like ridiculous hobbies. Like uh, he loved to shop at garage sales and buy typewriters. Uh, he also was totally into like wood waking, wood waking, woodworking, <laughs> carving model boats. He just he had all these like hobbies that in hindsight were like the most magical hipster hobbies. Uh, let's see. Other, my grandmother, she was pretty cool. Her name was Blanche. I always thought that's like a, a strong name, and I hope it comes back. Uh, yeah, she's a super strong lady. He raised five kids. Uh, they moved to upstate New York when they were like 65, so they could like shovel tons of snow. And we'd always go up there and visit them. And there's a lot of snakes. I remember a lot of snakes. There was this pond that my grandmother always tried to get us to swim in, and all the grandkids were like, "Fuck you! We're not swimming in that thing. It's swimming." Well, we didn't say that, but <laughs> it was crawling with snakes. It was like the most terrifying pond. So. Uh... <laughs> There's probably like one snake. I'm sure my memory is like yeah. exaggerated. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, my mother's side, my grandma was uh, a librarian, which I always thought was pretty cool. And I think, particularly this day and age with like libraries sort of going away or turning into different stuff, it's cool to think about like what does it mean to be a librarian now? Uh, and my grandfather worked for Bell Labs, which was like designed like I think like missile fins or something like not that peaceful but uh yeah they were pretty cool they moved to Florida and we would always drive down to Florida every year and like visit them and one thing I remember is at some point they got this weird it was like a lap pool or a wave pool you guys seen those where you just like turn on the current and it's only like the size of like a hot tub but then you can like swim and swim and swim and like as a little kid that was a lot of fun because you turn it on and you get like sucked into the back and then you swim so yeah but basically, my grandfather, like, this, this is the grandfather with all the hobbies, not the missile designer. Uh, he was a journalist, uh, day, day job. But anyways, he got old. He was way into garage sales, and he was way into, like, still, like, making stuff out of wood. And uh, they eventually moved back down to New Jersey when they got, like, too old to shovel snow. And he had this, like, shop down in his basement that was just full of, like, electrical power tools. And my grandfather was definitely a dude that, like, his brain started to go, but he's, his body was still real strong. And so he just had these habits. He would head downstairs into the shop and, like, make shit with, like, power tools. And, like, there was a lot of, like, blades. And so my gra- my father starts to get in this thing where he's like, Dad, I really think it's time for you to stop using really dangerous electrical power tools. And so he started this thing where he would unplug um, all of the power tools. And then my grandfather would wander back down there and figure out how to plug back in all the power tools and get just get back to work. Uh, and then it's sort of the next phase was my father like took like bolt cutters and essentially cut the plugs on all of the electrical devices down there. And then my grandfather, who also knew a thing or two about uh, electronics and electricity, basically just like rewired all of the power tools, but literally using like just raw wire with that wasn't covered in like paper clips, right? So it was like not only was he now in danger of like cutting off his hands again, but like there's literally going to be like an electrical fire in their house. So. It was the last act of it all was like my grandfather had to go off to like a home and where there was no power tools and it was really sad, um, but it was also sort of magically funny in a certain sort of way. So. I knew three of my grandparents, both my dad's parents, Dave and Frida. They lived in Scottsdale, Arizona. My grandfather was a postman. He was a mailman for decades. He knew everyone in Scottsdale. He knew all of the zip codes and... 
my grandmother worked for Singer Sewing Machines. She was an amazing seamstress. And my my mom's parents, my grandmother on my mom's side, I was I am very close with. She's now in assisted living. She has dementia, but she was an amazing, amazing woman. You know, one of the things I really admire about my grandmother is that she moved, she had five kids and moved to Portland to be closer to her sister when they divorced. And then Eventually, they moved to Mill Valley, and she started working for a PR agency called Ketchum and worked in PR for the next 40 years, and they that took her to New York, and she lived in Manhattan for, I think, close to 30-plus 30, 30 years, and you would have never known that she didn't grow up in New York. She was just – it was a love meant to be. She was just a New Yorker. She had – her New York Times that she would read every day. And if she didn't read the New York Times, it would go in a pile. And we all had file folders with our names on them. And she would cut articles and save them for us. And there was just, she had so much stuff in this apartment. She had a great apartment. And for a while, it got better as she got older, because I think her kids were like, we need to get rid of the 10 years of Vanity Fair back issues that you have in the bookshelf. You probably don't need those. But she she had an amazing, amazing career, and especially at a time when there weren't that many people in advertising and PR. And she was on amazing board. She was on the National Potato Board and the National Egg Board, and she was very she was very instrumental in getting the nutritional facts on the back of food packaging. So she she did mostly food PR up until she was eighty five or eighty six. Oh, with the grandparents. Okay, no, I can't. I don't know them. Yeah, so I, I've never met any of my grandparents. I talked to one of them over the phone. They were all in Iran, and I had never gone before. So my grandfather and grandmother were alive when I was a little boy, and that's all I kind of remember. I remember vague phone calls with them. I do remember my parents' reactions to them. I do remember when my, 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 my grandmother died. It was the only time I saw my father cry, and it was like for like two minutes. But it was the only time. My mom was super proud of her mom. And her mom was, you know, this is Iran, so you think the Middle East, and you think the early half of the century. So uh, she would constantly tell me these stories of how progressive she was, how she would instill, like, you need to be something in the world, you have to change the world. I remember they, they grew up in this really small village, so she would talk about how her mom insisted that her oldest sister get a car, and she was the first person to own a car in that entire village. So it was really progressive. Um, she was the first person to have a typewriter in her neighborhood. Yeah, so it was a lot of these kind of things that I heard from my mom about her mother, and it gave me a very strong impression of women. So that was definitely the archetype of a woman was strong, edgy, leadership, takes charge. Um, and my dad didn't ever talk about anything, and his father died um, when he was only five years old. So I remember him talking about not knowing what it was like to have a father. And so that was, that was pretty tremendous to me. So I was grateful. Well, I'll start with my mom's side. Um, they are adorable. Their names are Ray and Faye. I know. I know. Um, and they've been together. I think they got married. My grandma was 18 and he was 19. And they're now 76 and 77. So they've been together a long time. Um, they live in Wisconsin. And they are makers they are so cool um my grandpa has this massive workshop that is it could be a house I mean it's his shed he calls it a shed but it's 
bigger than many houses that I've seen in my life. Um, and he just turns everything into any old thing he wants. He found this old fridge and turned it into a like meat smoker. Um, he makes canes out of tree roots. He pulls them out of the ground, dries them out, uh, hand carves them, hand stains them. Just gorgeous, gorgeous work. Um, he <laughs> sometimes has materials that uh, I'm not sure how he came across. He made <laughs> a windmill type thing out of a stop sign. And it was like, hey, Grandpa, where'd you get that stop sign? And he was like, I don't know. And like kind of winked and snickered. And he's like, someone probably hit it with their truck. And I was like, that's dangerous. You should not knock down stop signs in the hood. My dad's side, super Italian, like mob connection, family, sold guns to Al Capone, like the whole, the whole thing. So um, just very loud and funny and hilarious and tell stories about like back in the hood in Chicago growing up and like everyone was afraid of the Pusateri sisters and they would like walk around with bats and it's just very different, <laughs> very, very different, but awesome, awesome grandparents. love my family. Toys R Us. I had grandparents who spoiled me um, and that was always a, a bonding moment for me and my, my grandfather, uh, my mom's dad. He would, uh, around the holiday season, I would, there would be a special trip to Toys R Us. And it would just be this, this is sort of like that, that scene in Wizard of Oz, you know, when everything becomes color. <laughs> um, so I remember that trip very well. I remember the smell of his car, too. Um, I also remember later years when they retired to Florida, and going down there and spending time with them. My grandfather had a boat, so I remember um, some fishing experiences. There's a great um, picture um, that I have, not in San Francisco, it's in my parents' house, but it's of me and him and me sort of displaying all the fish that we caught. Um, so I'm actually the only male member of my family to not, uh, to not have pursued dentistry as a profession. So both grandfathers were dentists, all my uncles are dentists, my father's an orthodontist. Um, my mom was a hygienist for a brief, <laughs> brief stint that went into retail. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's, I remember a lot of um, conversations kind of swirling around my family were um, sort of uh, teeth related. <laughs> it's true, and I think what, and this is not about my grandfather, this is now about my father, um, but his practice was attached to my childhood house. So the sounds of a dental office are like very sort of, uh, I don't know, there's something sentimental about it actually. And I used to, there's so many pictures of me sort of gallivanting around the office as a toddler with like chocolate all over my face. And I would like be playing with the, you know, the hose, <laughs> the irrigation thing, yeah. And then did that drunkenly in my teens <laughs> as well. So yeah, and my uh, uh, dad's father was, was a dentist um, in his career, but also he was the head rabbi um, of, of the synagogue in Newburgh, New York. My grandfather, Bob, is, uh, he'll be 98 tomorrow, and he has never spent a day in a hospital, and, overnight at least, and uh, he has a crushing grip that he developed uh, while being raised on a farm in Indiana, and uh, he had an amazing life. He was like one of like seven or eight, seven kids, I think, um, many of whom lived into their 90s, most lived into their 80s. Uh, but when he was a, he had a kind of rough life growing up. He um, grew up fairly poor, 
And his mom died when he was like 11, I think. And uh, then when he was 16 or 15 or 16, his house burned down. So he has like only one existing photo of his mother. That's all all that there was. Uh, And then he went to college uh, at Purdue University when he was 16 years old. Uh, Tuition was $30 a semester, uh, unless you made the honor roll, in which case it was $15 a semester. And he had to borrow money uh, from his brother in order to go. And he, uh, he still had, um, as of a few years ago, he still had the slide rule that he used. He was an electrical engineering major um, that he would calculate. And he was trying to explain to me how to use it. And I couldn't figure out how to do it. And he was like, oh, what is wrong with you? Come on, you can get this. Um, and then he uh, got his, graduated in 1938 uh, in the midst of you know, the Depression, you know, kept, you know, went to a series of jobs, uh, finally wound up with this one company called the National Gypsum Company. And eventually retired as the CEO of the company in like the early '80s. But he uh, and he's very well off. But he um, he he got out about five years before CEO pay really went crazy. My grandfather Bernard on my dad's side. He was probably the cheapest person I ever met. So he also grew up during during the Depression, and uh, he was so cheap. And he was you know he had a good job and but retired. But still, it's still the lessons of the Depression still. Uh, lived deep in his bones. And so he was so cheap that there was a store where he bought T-shirts and the T-shirts that had a pocket on them were 50 cents more than the T-shirts that didn't. And so he wanted a T-shirt with a pocket so he could put his tobacco or I don't know why. But so he would sew his own pockets onto his T-shirt even when he was like, you know, 65, 70 years old. Thanks for listening. We're going to keep making this slowly. (laughs) Ciao.